0: And welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring, or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work, and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry? Why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am, however, interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being, and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades. Whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello, and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Gary Gray. We're going to be talking about how showing can benefit you as a dog groomer, what happens at dog shows, and we're going to find out all about Windsor Dog Show is actually happening this week. From the 29th of June to the 2nd of July. I will also ask him our final questions that I ask all the dog groomers because he's previously worked in a salon himself. Gary has been showing since the mid-70s. He's handled many a breed including Rough Collies, German Shepherds, Cattle Dogs and Jack Russells. His highlights have been winning Best of Breed at Crufts and then being shortlisted in the group. He's judged at Crufts three times and he's won multiple groups and Best in Shows. Today's interview may come across a little bit differently. Usually I interview my guests over Zoom. However, Gary Gray is also my fiancé and he lives in my house. So we're sat here in the lounge with a glass of wine after a bloody long day's work and we're just going to have a conversation. We've not planned it, we've not written it down, we're just going to go with it. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you find it interesting. Here we go. Hi Gary, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the part you play in Windsor Dog Show?
1: Okay. Nice to be part of your podcast. My official title is show manager, but basically the role involves getting all the infrastructure in place. The home park uh, is a greenfield site. We then put all the fence in around um, to make it secure. And then we build tents, get the loose in place. Basically everything for the show. Um, The secretary handles all the paperwork side. So I basically just get everything in place for the committee to put a show on.
0: And what about on the days?
1: Yeah, basically, my day consists of checking everything's in place. All the rings are where they should be. Welcoming our exhibitors in. Um, Getting them in the right places. Just general management of the running of the show. Dealing with any issues in the car parks, caravan park. Basically, I'm just the troubleshooter, basically. Um, you know, for those that don't know about Windsor, Windsor's been going for around about 60 years now. Um, the Queen used to be our patron. And uh, there's a lot of... I suppose being like Windsor pomp and pageantry, royalty, all that sort of thing. It's there's a lot of history there,
0: and you can see the castle, can't you, from the showground? Yeah, yeah. As
1: I said, we're at the foot of the castle, so yeah, it's a beautiful surroundings. You've got the castle, the park, River Thames, um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's quite a big. Uh, well, when I carried it on, it's a big act to follow, you know, because there's a lot of tradition there. So and we 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 like to we like to engender a, like a garden party atmosphere, but we have like the pim stand there and.
0: You've got a gin stand this year.
1: Yeah, Carla's pleased about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if she turns up at Master Groom, slightly kli you'll know she's been sampling the gins and the pimps. <clears throat> so,
0: how about we start by you explaining a typical day when someone arrives at Windsor? What do you do? Where do you go? What can you see?
1: Right, okay, so um, typical day, they would obviously come in through the car park, get checked in, they have to have passes to get in with their dogs.
0: If you haven't got a pass, how much is it going to cost you to come and watch?
1: Uh, to come and watch, um, we just charge £10 for the car parking. So so the exhibitors come in, um, they then go to their benched areas or their caged areas, yeah. um, prep the dog up, get ready for the classes, um, then they would go in the classes. They have things to watch and see, they've got plenty of trade stands. I think we've got... 40 odd nearly 50 trade stands um ranging from grooming supplies every everything basically for a dog
0: i like coming to the grooming stands at a dog show because you do actually get different people there to what you get at the grooming competition so um The two that you've got there, the two main grooming stands you've got there is Hub and Uh, Raybart.
1: Raybart, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and you get different sorts of products at dog shows as well. There's different brands that you see crop up, so it's always interesting to have a recce around them.
1: Yeah, but you can get everything from, you know, your favourite bedding.
0: Yeah. Dog yep. beds, got yep. to have new dog beds. You can ever,
1: never have enough of those, can you? Nope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, what, leads, toys? Yeah, everything. Food. Everything
1: Everything you can think of. I mean, we've even got a uh, company that do these um, cool jackets and uh, absorbent cloths type things. So pull yep. cool your dog down.
0: Cool coats, um, cool mats. Which
1: is good on, traditionally we get very good weather, so it's really good on a day like that. Yeah. Um, just trying to think what else we've got. Oh, we've got a Belgian chocolate stand this year.
0: Lovely. So
1: I know where I'm going to be. Yeah, we've just got a good, good selection. Even uh, people's clothing. Okay. We've got some pretty stylish clothing going on there as well.
0: And um, um, so people know if they want to come and watch what dogs are on what days. All the all the days are separated into groups of dogs. So if you've not been to a dog show before, you'll get. On the first day, I think you've got um, Toy and Terrier, that's isn't That's correct,
1: yeah. Yeah, yep. yep,
0: so that's Thursday. Yeah.
1: Second day, on the Friday, we have the Working and Pastoral Breeds. So, for people don't know that, the Pastoral Breeds are your herding breeds, like German Shepherds, Old English Sheepdog, Briards, yep. that type of working thing. Working
0: dogs are mainly your big dogs, aren't yeah, guard, they?
1: Yeah, guarding dogs, guarding like your doves and yeah. your rots, yeah. yeah.
0: So then... Um, saturday you've got gun dog, i believe yeah all the
1: gun dog breeds yeah and then the last day is hounds and utility and utility breeds again good groom groomers day because you've got things like your mini schnauzers schnauzers yeah poodles et al, um, you know
0: and so as this podcast goes out we're talking about this thursday this friday this saturday this sunday Coming. Yeah. 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 To the it's, second, yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 it yeah. runs through from Thursday to Sunday.
0: Thursday to Sunday, and then
1: Sunday culminates at the very end of the day through to Best in Show.
0: Yeah, and if people want to come along, you can look it up online. Is it is it on the? If you just Google Windsor Dog Show 2023,
1: yeah, um, you'll you'll get the you'll come to our web web page. Yeah. Um, we're also on High Impress Press. High Impress. Um, that's the de- You'll get all the details on there. We also have a Facebook group. Um, so yeah, yeah lots yeah. of ways to get in touch and find out. And and the good thing is you'll get to see some good dogs. You're going to get to see some of the top dogs in the UK and Europe. Um, so for those of you that are groomers and you want to look at um, a particular breed because you're going to have to do a breed specific trim, yeah, um, it lends itself nicely to seeing some really good examples.
0: Yeah. So anyone who's anyone who's doing their ICMG at the moment, if you're concentrating on a certain group such as your your gun dogs or your terriers. Go along on that day. So, terriers, you've got Thursday, gun dogs, you've got Saturday. Go along, see at ringside, with your um, book of breed standards and look through what shape are those. Ears. Right, look at the dogs in the ring, what do they look like? Yeah, um, it's a really good place to go and see what you're actually reading in the standard in real life. And you get to see some of the dogs that you don't necessarily see in the salon.
1: Yeah, and you can also speak to the people. I mean, you know, there's some very knowledgeable people there that have been in their breeds for donkey's years um so if you see what is a nice specimen yep. why not go and, when they finish showing go and have a have a chat with them
0: yeah when we went to richmond the other year we went over to speak to the cotton did not yeah. we? because yeah, yeah. um i had two cottons that were going to be coming in the salon it was a really appropriate time that richmond was on because i went over and he this chap told me what grooming tools he used what yeah. conditioners and shampoos what brushes it was
1: very informative yeah wasn't it? it was mm. really
0: like really wanting to give me loads of advice so so that was good and also um you you liked Paula's interview did she yeah. she said that she quite often gets people come over and ask yeah. her about about why are the ears like that why is the yeah. confirmation of the well, dog like that
1: I think you have to understand as well that all breeds have a function even if it was only to be a lap dog but the majority of breeds were bred for a reason and a lot of the trims although some have been a little bit exaggerated yeah a bit
0: embellished a lo-
1: yeah a lot of the a lot of the trims have a purpose so if we look at the poodle for example you know a lot of the pom-poms are there to keep their joints warm and everything else
0: yeah and a bit of protection when you're yeah. swimming against the rocks and stuff quite often so, over lot, the joints.
1: so the majority of the breeds are there to fit the standard and i think you know it's only a personal view here um, when you see a lot of the the grooms at the grooming comps um and what's now feeding into dog showing they can be a bit extreme um so they're not for everyone whereas if you go to a dog show you get a really good idea across the board of of what the judge is expecting to see so yeah it's really informative and don't be frightened to ask people you know how do you do this how do you do that um and and i'm also a judge and it's quite interesting to see that you can sometimes look at a dog and you think wow that's a really nice specimen because it's been really well turned out Um, you put your hands on it and go oh (laughs) <laughs> it's not as good equally you can get someone with a really nice well-balanced well-conformed dog they're not really good at trimming
0: yeah and you can i think you get the grooming comps as well because I, I know when i've borrowed customers dogs over time i started with well what i had and you have to put in your angulations in the fronts and the rear. And mm-hmm. if you, say, want your neck to look a bit longer, you take it shorter in certain areas. If you want the ears to look a bit longer, leave a bit more feathering. And that, that all happens in the sh- in the show ring as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I th- actually, I think one of the best examples that I've come across when I worked in a grooming salon um, was the cocker spaniel because I've seen so many different odd trims for, um, for cockers um, from grooming salons. And then you look at the show trim and it's it really is smart. It really is neat. And, yeah. you know, those those sort of people, they're like, they're like gold dust. But you'll get a lot of groomers. Um, I think in Cockers you've got Michael, haven't you, Mike? Yeah, um, Mike Wildman Mike in Cockers. Wildman.
0: He does a lot of show. And a lot, a lot of the groomers winning groomer competitions also do show.
1: But conversely, there are a lot of show people. And they are some of the most fabulous, fabulous groomers.
0: I think understanding the breed really does help make the grooming a lot easier because you've got the pattern in your head how many dogs do i have in the salon where i say come and look how long this dog is yeah, yeah, <laughs> come and right. look how yeah. long this yeah so you know you know when you've got to shorten it up at the front end or shorten mm-hmm. it up at the back end with whatever hair you can work with to make it look more like the dogs that you're seeing in the ring but until yeah. you see them in the ring you don't know what's wrong with the dogs in the salon and
1: if you go on terrier day i think that's the typical day for hand stripping these people they might not have salons but my god they are really accomplished hand strippers you know and they know their stuff and they give you some really good tips I mean when I started showing Jack Russell's I had an idea but I didn't have a really good clue and do you know what they taught me so much
0: yeah because these people they might not be groomers across the board and do all the different breeds that you learn when you're training grooming but they might have spent 50 years in one breed so you're going to learn a thing or two over time Um, there's always a trick you can learn every day's a school day exactly yeah you can always Mm. learn something tell us about the social aspects of the dog showing game like what what is there at Windsor
1: well I've always seen dog showing I've been showing since the mid 1970s and um, it's always been a social aspect you know there's there's always been that big social thing showing dogs is important to people of course it is and people want to win of course they do a bit like when you go to a grooming comp you like to think that you you do well Um, but there's that social aspect and I think going on to the the the, the strain of your your podcast you know from mental health perspective I think to get out of the salon or whatever you're doing as a job yeah and doing something else and and the good thing about it is you meet all sorts of people I mean I spent years handling dogs and I've handled from people from brain surgeons. In fact I used to handle for a bin man in Southampton. On, and yeah. uh, and everybody else in between. Mm-hmm. So you've got this massive eclectic mix, wide diverse mix. Um and uh yeah yeah Everyone's
0: you, passion comes back to the dog though. Yeah so. we all
1: talk about dogs.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah but you but you you know it's and, and the strange thing is one minute you can spend one show you can spend all day talking to somebody, the next time you see them, you just pass the time of the day and yeah, carry on. Well, not
0: if you're Gary Gray. You have to spend at least All two right. hours speaking to everyone that pulls you over from one side of the bloody showground to the other. Yeah,
1: this, the Ooh, comment... Gary!
0: The, oh, Ooh, my porridge, Gary! My porridge ladies,
1: as you call them. <laughs> oh, God.
0: But I mean, it it is good because even if you're someone who worries about talking to people, at a dog show, there's always a way of getting out of things as well. Like sometimes I'll feel a bit like embarrassed talking to someone. I feel like, oh, we've made a quick conversation. But at a dog show, you can say, oh, I need to go over there because I want to catch them dogs before they finish. Or I've got to get over there and do this. Or you can sit there and chat for hours. So it, it really is quite easy to either sit and talk to people as long as you want, absorb all that information. But if you do feel a bit awkward, it's quite easy to just dart off somewhere else as well okay so also one thing that I did want to ask you is um, why is it more important now than literally ever before to get new people to go and support the dog grooming world
1: oh that's a good question Um, well obviously people's tastes have changed and there's a lot of people that aren't coming into dog showing at the bottom end for many reasons um, obviously there's a lot of designer breeds out there Um, The general public seemed to want to go that way, um, which is not a problem, but um, it obviously affects dog showing. There's been a lot of bad press about pedigree dogs, um, in my opinion, unwanted, unfounded um, in a lot of cases, because yes, there are some bad breeders out there. Of course they are. But they followed the money trail um you know if they can get four thousand pounds for a, a oodle or a doodle why why have a pedigree dog yeah um you know even the pedigree dogs now these weird colors so it's a market-based thing i suppose and we've
0: even seen it where we've seen um pure breeds tr- uh sold off as actual cross breeds haven't we yeah in the yeah, summer, yeah. Where you see that. people come in and say oh, i've got a blah 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 and yeah. you, you're like oh actually i think you'll find that's a what was it you said? Oh,
1: I had, a, I had a good example. When I was in the salon, we had... Um, this is his li-
0: previous job.
1: Yeah, yeah, my previous job. Um, what did she say? It was a Pomsky. So right. a Pomeranian uh, cross with a, with a Husky. Now, that sounds practically imp- impossible, but hey. Um, and I looked at it, and with my knowledge of, of dogs, I looked at it and thought, that's a German Spitz, uh, a Mittel.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said to the lady, Are you sure? And of course, it very proudly says, no, it's a Pomsky. So anyway, she went off, we, I bathed the dog and, and prepped it. And I kept looking at this dog and I looked at the breed standard, went over it. This was, this was a German Spitz in every shape.
0: I mean, you'd know what a German Spitz yeah, is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, she, and she, she was adamant. Anyway, um, it wasn't long before Crufts and one came into the group on the TV, when they did the group competition, and she came back the next time she came to see me and she said, you're right. So she had him DNA tested. Yeah. And guess what?
0: That was a Pomsky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was a German Spitz Mittel. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but no, I think I think the media, yeah, some really good truths about um, pedigree dogs, um, and and some important facts. But like with everything in the media, they tend to exaggerate it. Um, they make it sound that it's it's endemic.
0: But then in the show ring, you don't actually see them. No. As bad as half the dogs that you no. see on the high street, do no, you? No, no,
1: because, Which because shocks me you'll penalise it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because I only started showing five years ago. I, I went to my first dog show with with a dog that I was handling at the time and um I was expecting to see the pugs with noses right into their right into their heads, so I was expecting to see all sorts of crazy things, and actually, it really shocks me.
1: Well, a good, a good example of that would be the Sarpe or Sharpe, as some people say, um, the wrinkly dog. Oh, yeah. Um, when the media got hold of that, when they first came into the UK, they found the wrinkliest dog they could find. And yeah. of course, everybody wanted a wrinkly dog. So the bar breeders bred, bred wrinkly dogs. These but you
0: see them in the show ring, and they're, they're <laughs> penalised for it. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; on. they have
1: a slight wrinkle, but they, if you they, if you if you saw these dogs press portrayed, they would just get thrown out. They just yeah. w- actually thrown out. They wouldn't get placed.
0: But I mean, the media is a bit like that because you Sens- like it with ADHD.
1: Well, they sensationalise it, don't they?
0: Yeah, they they take things and they make yeah. it you know twisted and anything to sell a story really is what it comes down well, to they. they actually did it with your sister-in-law didn't they this year yep. for crufts they yep. they spent about four hours at our house interviewing her about the dog that she was showing
1: yeah
0: and then she, they showed two minutes and said it's like Christmas or something yeah she, she calls she it said. Christmas,
1: and, and that was one comment and
0: she said she's an educated woman she yeah. would have had loads of information yeah. for them about yeah. and they literally just picked out those two minutes of her saying yeah. that and that was literally it so so yeah when you go to dog shows it does open your eyes a bit to So the dogs that you're seeing. And
1: and I think as well, some of the really good breeders, you know, they're they're not... Yes, they want to win with their dogs. Of course they do. It's competition. But they're very passionate about their breed.
0: Yeah, and in order to win, you need to be matching the breed standard. Absolutely. So that's always going to rein it back into not the extremities, isn't it?
1: It's an opinion at the end of the day. It's an opinion on a breed standard from the judge's perspective. Yeah, you've got some very passionate people. And a lot of the endangered breeds, or say smooth collies, Irish terriers, breeds like that, that are dying out. Um, but the people that are in those breeds the majority of the people the vast majority of those people they're very passionate about their breed so when someone's that passionate about their breed they will police it properly
0: yeah and they need to encourage new people into the game yeah. and into showing to keep it going and
1: that's the problem I think, I think several things I think bad press is one but I think the, when I started showing um, alright my mum was involved with dogs I've had dogs in my life Um, most of us used to take our puppies to puppy training classes or obedience classes as they were back then. Um, Invariably, you went along week by week and there's someone there that might show or something like that. Then there was a little pet show on, so it would have obedience classes um, and showing classes. And, you know, all of a sudden, you you don't want to have been very good, but there's always someone that likes your dog. So you have a bit of a win and you start going down that avenue, but that's not there anymore. Because without sounding disrespectful, people are ignorant. And, and you know, a good example would be best in show at Crufts uh, this year was the Lagotto Romagnolo. Yeah,
0: the
1: And the amount of people that said to said to me, "Oh, um, and I see a cockapoo winning Crufts," and I'm like, "It's not a bloody cockapoo, you know," but it's you might like a certain type of dog, so people mm-hmm. like that cute, cuddly, hairy thing, you yeah. know. All of a sudden, they go to a championship show and go, "Wow, what's that?" You get exposed to different, more different breeds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good because, like you say, it's making it's making the breeds more popular. That needs the numbers up. It's continuing the sport, mm. and it's encouraging people to share passion. That like lifelong passions that they want to oh. continue once they're gone. And,
1: and as I said, every day's a school day. You can go and learn. You can go and ask, and go shopping as well, and drink. Gym. And it's
0: fabulous weather this time of year, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's
1: beautiful weather. We actually well, I ain't going to say that touching wood because only one year we had an absolute downpour, but. Um, Traditionally, we get quite a dry spell there. and yeah. it's, it's a lovely venue and it's a lovely atmosphere. Play the national anthem at the start of the day. Yeah, um, yeah we try and... And, oh. and
0: you've got to look at the flag, haven't you, on the castle? What is it, What means the king's there and what means the king's Oh, not yeah, there? if
1: you, if, the, if the king's not there, it's just the Union Jack.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you see the Union Jack, he's not there. If you see the fancy one, the king's at home.
1: Yeah, we've actually had visits in the past, unofficial visits from the royals. Her Majesty came in on several occasions. Quickly, Blimey. quickly looked at the um, corgis because she loved the corgis, obviously, and uh, disappeared. But um, we've never had an uh, official visit. Put it that way, no. which is a whole different ball game. But mm-hmm. yeah, and we we you, it attracts a lot of people, a yeah. lot of people.
0: So. Um Before we uh, finish up, because basically you have previously worked in a dog grooming salon, Um, you come with me to dog grooming events and obviously now you're on a dog grooming podcast. (laughs) I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I ask as well. Yeah, sure. So um, so what do you think affects um, the mental health of dog groomers the most in our industry?
1: From two aspects really. As an outsider looking in and someone that's actually worked in a salon, I did a lot of prep work, hand stripping um dental work obviously if you're in a big salon you've got people to support you if it's not too busy but the big the biggest problem is i think a lot of groomers work on their own and loan working it is hard you're under a lot of pressure um you know you're on your own with an animal that could be a bit stroppy yeah um could want to take a few lumps out of you um You've got... I
0: don't get many of them, so I'm quite lucky no, in that you're respect, lucky, but, but, but a
1: lot of us have been through that and many of the listeners will...
0: It can uh, be difficult. Yeah, very, yeah, very. You get the occasional um,
1: one. And then you've got our dear customers to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, most are very, very nice people. Yeah. Some have um, expectations beyond belief. Um, those that don't really look after their dogs properly, like all, all of the Oodles and Doodles that were matted to high heaven. The breeders associate told them it didn't need grooming. You ask them when it was last groomed. Um, and they say, oh, I did it this morning. Yeah, well, what did you use?
0: Yeah. You know, a bog brush? Yeah, toothbrush.
1: Toothbrush or whatever. And, <laughs> and that's frustrating because you know you're putting the animal through quite an ordeal. Yeah. Um, and some some people try to insist that you you um, brush it out and you say, no, I'm just going to take it off. I mean, I'll give an example. And I'm sure many of your listeners have had the same thing. We actually had a little dog, a little cockapoo. Um, it was so badly matted. We literally took the fleece off in one. Mm-hmm. Handed, it up. yeah hung it up left it for the client and the client didn't believe us Blime. just said that's not my dog that's not from my dog <laughs> despite
0: the fact that the yeah. fleece is hanging over the table which is the same color as your dog which now has yeah. no hair
1: <laughs> but the, and i just think it's laziness and ignorance and I, I think that that kind of puts a pressure on you because you know what that means to the dog um but i think time constraints can have a huge thing you know if you've got to say a one and a half, two hour slot to groom a dog and it's all going a bit wrong. Yes, you, you, and, and of course, if you're on your own and you're backing up. Yeah. That can be stressful, very stressful.
0: Yeah, like today. Gary, like today. come and help me. I just can't take any more.
1: You know, yeah, absolutely. And, and and that can be hard, but you've got to finish it. You can't just walk away from it. No. Um, but but you ha- I think personally, a lot of people don't take time for themselves. They invariably live on the premises or you know if you're lucky if you commute to and from your salon at least you've got that time to just wind down a bit Mm -hmm. but um and you 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 basically eat drink and breathe it don't you
0: yeah and I also
1: think um a lot of people that get into grooming um and I don't mean this in any way a derogatory way we love animals why do we love animals we don't like people that much Mm-hmm. Um, we would perhaps prefer the company of animals.
0: Yeah, I we'll find animals easier. yes
1: yeah, 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 yeah. To to to, to um, converse with, and it's it takes quite a quite a skill to deal with customers. Mm. You know, I mean. I mean the time i mean you're lucky because you you spent time as a waitress years ago and you run your dance classes and things like that so you learn to interact with people but there are a lot of people in dog grooming Mm -hmm. that have got into it because of their love of animals they don't really want to do an office job or whatever it's been their chosen path if you like yeah
0: but that was quite a shock to the system going from being in really busy environments like Mm. pubs and restaurants Mm. dance classes putting on dance shows going Mm. out and out with people all the time to mm. then having got to the point where I was at the end of my training and then do yeah I did a bit of work experience a couple of days a week when I first started up in business while I was building my clients up yeah um but by the time I was in there full time by myself that was a massive shock to the system mm. because I'm not used to not being around people all the time no, that's that's, um, I'd say that's, that's I'm fair. used to it now, and actually the role the role was almost reversed. The longer I've been grooming, the more difficult I've actually found being in social situations because I'm probably by myself yeah. 90% of the time. I see
1: what you mean. But but when you consider like I mean obviously I worked in general business, so speaking to customers was important. Doing the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got a lot of people that run their own businesses, their passion in the case of dog grooms, their passion is dogs. Mm-hmm and grooming dogs and what have you, their passion isn't for doing the paperwork. No. And that like, can be stressful. Like, every, like a certain person sat next to me <laughs> that <laughs> loves doing her tax returns. This, not.
0: this January just gone, I was going to sit down every Friday for 10 minutes and just do a bit of book work. And what have I actually done realistically? I've not touched it since January. It's all in a box. So, mm. and that happens every single year. And put it down to me hating it, put it down to me um, having a task of paralysis, put it down to me just... Doing other things, you I, got, just put oh no, off, you? I put it mm, off, don't you? Put yeah. it off and put it off and put it off because well, what happened last year when you tried to show me a
1: spreadsheet? <laughs> she went to meltdown. What did I do? <laughs> you kind of looked at me and glazed over, and we you and cried. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to embarrass you in front of your customers. Well, customer yeah, because,
0: and what did you say to me? What's wrong? And I said, it's so boring. Yeah, and that, that, that goes back to the point. I mean, because it just won't go in my brain.
1: I, I worked for Royal Canyon, the dog food company, and I managed um, a team of uh, salespeople and a division of that. And salespeople are great at talking to people. They're really good. Yeah. But they hate doing their paperwork. <laughs> so that becomes stressful for them. You know, everybody, everybody in every, every sphere of, of, of work has ho- always got a job they don't like. But when your passion, so like if you're a hairdresser, we'll say, or a barber, your passion's cutting people's hair. It's not doing your book work. No. So it's added pressures. No. And, I th- and I think really an important thing to understand is, and I'll just well, interject a little bit, because I had a bre- massive breakdown um, must be about seven or eight years ago now. And it was basically because I was overloading myself. Yeah. No, if someone said to you tomorrow, right, Carl, I want you to do 30% more as of tomorrow. You'd say, go and jump. Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, go and do one. Um, but you don't. You you take it on, you drip feed it. You you start to add on a bit more and a bit more. And then it comes into the old saying of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. You know, one piece of straw is nothing. A hundred pieces of straw is nothing. But then a million pieces of straw becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. And I think, you
0: know,
1: you get to that stage where you can't take any more. Yeah. And I didn't look, I, I personally, from my personal experience, I saw it coming, but I w- didn't really want to see it no um, until it stopped me. My body said, if you carry on with this shit, you're, I'm going to stop you.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly what happens with many groomers. You see it yeah. on Facebook all the time, burnout, yeah. getting burnout all the yeah. time. Yeah. I've had it but probably like I didn't have a full-on sort of breakdown as such but um, I've had it many times where yeah. I've gone yeah I'll just work through that day off yeah I'll just work through that day off and I've got mm. a competition at the weekend and I'll go straight back into work the next day da, 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 da. and then before you know it you're stuck in bed and you can't get up
1: I think you've got sometimes learned to push back and say sorry can't do that so let's yeah. let's face it you get, so let's say you get a situation where a dog comes in um, and it's not what you thought it was going to be as mm-hmm. in um, it's a, a, bit of a bigger job. It's a bigger, yeah. dog, bigger job and everything else. Y- you learn very quickly to pace Takes your time. Roll, up. Yeah. Don't don't try and you know. Classic one is Christmas, isn't it? That
0: I remember one year, someone asked me to groom their dog on Christmas morning before dinner. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what did you say?
0: No, that's not going to happen.
1: Happy Christmas. Goodbye. Uh, she said, "Oh, I'll pay,
0: I'll pay you well, and I'll make sure that it's. I'll bring them in early enough for you to uh to get to Christmas dinner."
1: What did you charge him, a million pounds?
0: No, I didn't. obviously I didn't do <laughs> I it, but people will. do. They'll, they'll ask anything. Yeah, so um, when you was working in the salon, um, what made you most proud?
1: Obviously doing a good job. You know, I'm, I'm like you, a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to get it right. If I was doing a hand strip, you know, I wanted it right. And it was so easy to beat yourself up on it. But But that said, when you get a good job... Um, Yeah, but you
0: have done a lot of hand stripping with the Jack Russells over time, haven't you? So you you knew what he was doing.
1: Yeah, but I I think the other thing really gave me a sense of pride is when you've got a dog that comes in, it's new to you, it's not very happy, it's either trying to take lumps out of you or it's absolutely terrified. You know, when you get through to the dog and you develop that bond, yeah, you, you develop a bond. I mean, as a handler, I used to show dogs, I had a German Shepherd years ago and. Used to handle him, and one of the things as a handler, you need to develop a bond quite quickly. Um, why? Because you, you basically you need the dog to do the things for you. Um, so you got to learn how to press the buttons. And I had this German Shepherd that I used to handle, and um, <laughs> I'm not saying we had a good bond, but basically, if I was going to visit them on the way to a show, the owner would say, "Gary's coming to see you," and the dog, I get there and find a big, full-grown German Shepherd sat on the windowsill. Looking at me, so you get to build these massive, massive bonds, and and it's very rewarding when you see that. So if you've got your little dog that comes into the salon, and yeah,
0: like little Kiki, Kiki, oh, I love Kiki, cute,
1: cute, perhaps a bit nervous, not happy, whatever, and you win it round. That for me is a big win.
0: Yeah, and that's what makes oh yeah, builds me with that, pride that's in, Yeah. pride. Always nice, but yeah. oh no, Kiki the little black palm. She comes in, and I'm I'm absolutely oh, in love with that dog. Done in. Done in <laughs>
1: It's just so cute, isn't it?
0: Sweetheart, she? we will have a little black pom one day. No, we won't. <laughs> one yeah. day, Jack
1: Russell. <laughs> pom. Oh, Jack Russell. oh, I'll get another German <laughs> Shepherd. That please you.
0: If you was a grooming competition, yeah. Yeah, like what what makes you respect them the most?
1: Oh well, I've got immense respect for anybody that can be that creative and turn out of, uh, an amazing groom. I remember years ago we sponsored EuroGroom, and this young lady came in with well, just this fluff ball terrier? And, I, and that's all I can say. It was just it was just like this massive it was hair on legs. Yeah. That's all I can say. Wiry hair on legs. And by the end of it, she transformed this dog into a Lakeland terrier. Oh, okay. And I was like, My God. And I mean she had I don't know what what you get two and a half hours, three hours for a hand yeah. strip or whatever it is you're given. But what she turned out, I was like, Oh my god, you are a bloody magician.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, she'd been to Harry Potter school. You know, she was she was amazing. And and I and I I'm not into the creative side, if I'm honest. I'm very much a traditionalist. You
0: can appreciate the, the skill can, that goes absolutely. into it. Absolutely.
1: You know, when you, when you see how people just create just the most amazing things. But, but yeah, I, I, I have utmost respect for anybody in any, any sphere, really, when they create things. But yeah, dog grooming events, that's special. And you can see some, some fantastic grooms. And I'm, yeah, I'll take my hat off to you because it's bloody hard work.
0: And how do you feel that social media affects our industry?
1: Well, I think social media is one of those one of those things that no one no one gave us a training manual of how to use it. You know, people just basically type as they think, and then regret saying, or in a lot of cases, don't regret it. I'm not a fan of of social media. I find it very destructive. I think it sets up false parallels, false false um, ideas of what how life is out there. You know, everybody else is having a beautiful life. Why is my life so shit? Type attitude. Um, you know, brag pictures, that type of thing, um, and it it can it can be educational, but it can also be very divisive. Yeah, I think it's the real negative, like the troll type people, that have got to find a way to bring people down. That they, mm. they get off on it. You know, if you ever meet them in in, in the public public eye, you, they're usually meek and mild and nobody. But they seem to get behind a keyboard and they just come out with so much crap. I mean, when I was when I was judging. Crufts back in 2011 they announced the judges about three years and well they booked the judges three years in advance and I think they announced them about 18 months before and my friend rang me up and said whatever you do don't go on Facebook so of course what did I do straight, on Facebook. I straight on Facebook and some of the things people were saying it was just downright about me I mean good job I've got a thicker skin but I was like what you don't even know me
0: yeah
1: you know and and I mean I always find another funny analogy to draw is is when I'm at um at Windsor, you go into the car park part of the day and, of course, the exhibitors that have perhaps haven't done well, or they've finished their judging, they're leaving. And most people are in the car, but you can see behind the windscreen and they're having a good old moan and at each other. and You know exactly what that conversation is. Oh, yeah. bloody judge, or this or that, or so-and-so won again. But that's where it stayed years yeah. ago. They might have picked up the phone and called Doris and said, oh, what did you think of that judging last week? Didn't yeah, but now probably.
0: everyone can see any old thing that people put on Facebook. But exactly,
1: it's, it's immediate. It's absolutely immediate, and sometimes it's there in, at the show, and people just don't think. No. And I think it's one of the other reasons why dog showings in decline because people don't want it. As a lot of people don't want to judge anymore No. because they get absolutely
0: lamb. And we know a lot of good, um, very experienced breeders who should be judging who don't want to judge because they like having their friends around them yeah. at shows.
1: Yeah, and I think I think also it's it's kind of drip feeding a little bit into normal life whereas you or i might write something and think oops i shouldn't have written that i mean you know i mean yourself. i
0: assess what my post about $50, yeah but, but well you
1: <laughs> the point is people will be offended no matter what yeah. and um it's dangerous
0: yeah yeah it is and it's
1: and from a mental health perspective i mean let's take what I've said about, well, before I judged, if I was, if I'd have been in a bad place, well, you might I have thought
0: out of doing something that you've well, dreamt of doing all your life. You know,
1: it could have really pushed me over the edge. Yeah. You know, um, well, Um I'm not that sort of person, but...
0: Yeah, but if that was when you was having your breakdown, then that might have affected you a bit more. Yeah,
1: it would have done. But um yeah, yeah. So social media, yes, it can be educational, but I always say, well who wrote who wrote it
0: <laughs> yeah it's like um like lee said lee the counselor who spoke mm-hmm. on episode two like she said you've just got to really limit who you follow what you follow and what yeah. you're seeing when you're reading it just
1: and take it all with a pinch of salt yeah i don't i don't see it as a positive thing let's put it yeah. up, as, as this friends community because let's face it in, in life there are you could count your true friends on one hand couldn't you
0: yeah that's how it should mm-hmm. be really i suppose mm-hmm. so thank you uh, for coming and speaking with us today you traveled yeah. really far to get here <laughs> we the commute was dreadful,
1: the commute was dreadful. <laughs>
0: from the kitchen to the lounge. yeah
1: it was it was dreadful it was dreadful but
0: no but i think that would be really interesting for people to hear and listen to about dog shows and lo- understand what they can learn from them and what they can get up to at dog shows so yeah. just to remind everyone once more Thursday is terrier and toy Friday
1: uh, is working, um, and working in pastoral. Breeds. Saturday gun is
0: dogs. gun dog. Sunday is hounds
1: and utility. utility. Yeah, come along. Enjoy your day. It's a lovely day out. It's a and, great atmosphere.
0: And you can bring your dog.
1: Yes, you can. So We've you actually got companion dog show as well.
0: Oh, brilliant! So if so people and have a bit of fun.
1: Yeah, if you just have a spectator dog, there is a small fee. Yeah. Um, just covers insurances and things because yeah. obviously the dogs have to be signed in properly. But humans um,
0: don't have to pay apart from the car park.
1: Apart from the car park. Yeah. Um yeah. so but but no it's it's a great day we look forward to seeing you all
0: brilliant well thanks very much and we'll be back next week on Friday at back to usual cheerio
1: bye